suffering times of bereavement, times of pain. We have conflicts all over our nation, and so as we seek peace and prepare for peace and ask for peace, uh, let us continue to, as we lift up one another, we lift up nationally. Amen? Amen. So let us take a moment in prayer and just seek our God and seek his face. Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your unfailing love. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are our rock, you are our strength, you are our redeemer that you are mighty to save. Father, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you right now that we can ask you for peace. Yes. God, you are the God of all comfort. Yes. So right now we ask you for comfort. Uh, Father, there's so much pain, there's so much suffering that we have experienced and gone through. But Lord, we thank you that through it all, you have been there. Yes. Uh, you never left us, you nor forsake us. We thank you, God, that you are a present help in the time of trouble. Lord, we call on you right now to move, oh God, that you will, you are able to change hearts and change minds. And Father, we surrender to your will right now. Uh, Father, reveal to us, Lord, our secret thoughts, Almighty God, that they may not have mastery over us. And Father, forgive us, Lord, for our willful sins, Almighty God, as we want to turn our hearts right back to you. Father, we are prone to wonder, but thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. May it continue to convict us and change us and transform us. Father, we are your clay. Mold us and shape us for your purpose. Now, Father, we ask those who are dealing with time of grief and bereavement, God, comfort them. Comfort them, Lord, as they were celebrating this holiday coming up. And someone may be missing, Almighty God, but may you fill their hearts with peace and comfort, Almighty God, in the time of that pain, Almighty God. May you remind them that, Lord, you are still good. And Father, we thank you for those who are who passed away, Lord. We know we don't grieve as those that have no hope, yeah. but we know to be absent from the body, be present with you. Yeah. Where there's no more pain, there's no more suffering. So help us remind ourselves of the glory of being in your presence. Yeah. Oh, Father, we ask you to bless those who are grieved right now, God, who just suffered recent loss, oh God. We just ask you to comfort them the same way, oh God. And then, Lord, we ask you right now for those who are dealing with illnesses and health issues and problems, oh God, we know you are a healer. Yeah. Uh, Father, we through that process of healing them, we ask you to give them peace and comfort, knowing that their troubles don't last always. Yes, yes. Uh, Father, continue to bless this time of worship. Uh, may, may you be pleased, Lord, with our worship. Guide us, Lord, as we prepare the reading of your scripture with the enlightenment of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue to worship God in the reading of his word, we're going to read Psalm 138. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. 
uh, verses 1 through 8 of Psalm 138. Those who are able to stand uh, in reading of God's word, welcome you to enjoy the doing so. Uh, you can join through your Bible app or you can join through your phone. You can download Zion's app and you can see it there as well. In, in the Old Testament, Psalm number 138, I read from New Living Translation. This psalm entirety, verses 1 through 8. I hear some pages still turning. Amen. I'll wait for you to join in that we can all journey together in the reading of God's word. The word of God reads, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king and all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. Praise God uh, for his word. Amen. You may be seated as we continue on to worship our God through music.
Amen. Let's pray one more time, mighty God. We thank you for your word. Lord, we prepare to hear a word from you. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. Lord, may your word be hidden in thine heart that we might not sin against you. Guide us, direct us, as only you can, Almighty Father, that we might see Jesus and walk in right relationship with you, we pray. Amen. As we are in the season of giving thanks, my question for you is how do you show God thanks? We show God thanks through our praise. We show the Lord the depth of our gratitude when we worship him with all our heart, with all our might, and all our strength. The Lord calls us to love him and serve him that same way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength. Matter of fact, when we worship our God, think about how we express our gratitude to our God. Think about how you greet people, you stand up to greet them. Think about how you rise after a presentation, you give them a standing ovation. Or maybe you might be cheering for your favorite team and you rise up and you cheer and shout and say, go, go, go. But then my question is, how do you praise God? Do you rise up to give him thanks? Do you stand up and lift up your hands and cheer him on? Do you rise up in his presence and adore him or you just say it don't take all that? But when I think about what God has done and all he has done for me, I start thinking about how I can't just sit down and say I thank him. But I might want to be moved to stand up and lift up my hands. I might fall down and prostrate myself in front of his presence. There's a way that not only will I worship him and praise him with the words of my mouth, but also with the activity of my limbs. Yes, when we are moved to praise our God with our whole heart, it's amazing how all of a sudden your hands start moving. You start clapping. You start shaking. Your, your head starts moving. Your legs start moving as you feel impulse to move. I'm encouraging right now. There might be a time that you were at a place of worship. And your legs were moving, but you looked like, like I can't get out the aisle, so you stayed right there. I'm encouraging. Let's say something. Say, please move. Because I got to get out in the aisle and move a little bit freely to worship my God. I don't know about you, but I've seen people stand up at the game. They got out the crowd and went to the front. I've seen people rush and tear down fences to go see an artist. But all of a sudden, about your God, all of a sudden you say, well, I'm going to stay reserved right here. Let us worship the Lord, worship our God, the Lord our God, with our whole heart. Psalm 138, verse 1, simply says, I give you thanks. O Lord, with what? All my heart. Uh, this, this psalm opens up as a personal praise. This praise involves a personal experience. This experience leads the testimonial of praise. The praise is expressed with great devotion, with all my heart. The, then... then Later on, you see that he says a singing of praise is expressed as a reason to praise the Lord in an act of worship. What I want to highlight here when he says to sing means that not only will I lift my voice, but I'm going to play with a musical instrument. That I'm going to accompany my praise. I'm going to make this song a melody and may it be sweet sound in your ear. The, the psalmist gives us some reasons to thank our God. We, he expressed for his loving kindness. The Lord expressed his content, his content of his character 
and who he is, the way that he is, when he expressed to Moses the second time he gave him the command. Tell your neighbor the second time. Because you know, God gave Moses the commands the first time, Moses dropped him. But he didn't really drop him, but he kind of threw him down. He was mad at the people. Because how they were acting. I'm up on the mountain talking to God. Y'all down here making idol gods? Oh, Lord have mercy. Bye. God about to strike him down. He said, Lord have mercy. God says, I'll show you who I am. He said, but on this day, you need to come back up on the mountain. And so they came back up. And here's what Moses did. Moses says, all right, Lord. I want you to prove to me you, you are who you say you are. Let me see your face. God tells Moses that you can't see my face and live. But I will hide you in the cleft of the rocks. And then when God covered him eye and passed before him and he saw the back, this is what the Lord God said to him. The city, Lord God is faithful. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I want to highlight here that God introduced himself to Moses the second time and given the commandments that he's a God full of mercy, slow to get anger, and he is filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Which means that one thing about our God, that he never stops loving and he is faithful to the end. The Lord himself expresses his content of his character that way. Faithfulness can also be translated as truth. That means that God is always right and just and good in what he does. This is how we know what love is, because God shows us what love is. We say we love people, but yet we let them know how we've fallen out of love with them. We let them know how I don't like you today. We let them know without certain words that I hate you or I don't want to see you ever again. I wish you weren't here. And then we go and say, you know I love you. But I'm so glad that God never says any of those things to us, but he just continues to remind us he loves us. His love never fails. This theme, this theme that the psalm is pointing out that I thank you, God, for your love, your, your, your faithfulness of your love, your loving kindness, that you are righteous, that you are true, that you are good. Think about the blessing that comes knowing that his love never fails. Because his love never fails, I know I can boldly come before the throne of God. Because his love never fails, no matter what I have done, I can call on God. He will answer my cry. But we know when we have hurt some people that we say that we love and they say that they love us, that how you know they may not answer my call today. They might be ignoring my text. They might be ignoring my message. They might unfollow me or they might block me or they might blacklist me so I can no longer connect with them on social media. But yet God never blocks us. God never stops answering us. God is a present help in the time of trouble. Aren't you glad that God never leaves you? So that's one reason why we ought to thank our God for his unfailing love, his faithfulness, and the power of God's words are backed by his name. His authority, there's authority in his name. There's power in his name. The name of God is to be exalted. No, there's by no other name on, under heaven or on earth that you can be saved, but by the name of Jesus. So the psalmist pointing out that, Lord, I, I praise you, I worship you, I sing your praises before the gods. I, will, I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name by, for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Notice the, con, the, the place of worship. He says, in, he says, I bow before your holy temple. The psalmist, psalmist suggests that he possibly not be at a foreign place. So he's going to be facing the temple. He's going to be facing during the worship. Or he may be there in Jerusalem. But the point is that his object of his worship is God. 
That's what I want to highlight here. He's pointing out that I'm not going to be, my, my object, my focus, not on anybody else but you, the Lord of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I worship you when we can stay focused on who God is and we worship him in spirit and in truth. Tell your neighbor, everything is going to be all right. Well, you know that everything's going to be all right because we know that he's in control. He has all power. There's nothing that I need to worry about when he can take care of everything. Am I right about it? The words of the Lord are faithful and true. God speak, it's going to happen. Matter of fact, notice how God told the world to be. He just said, let. And what was not became what is. (laughs) Think about how... Jesus came uh, to the wedding and Mary, his mother, comes to him saying they ran out of wine. Jesus says, well, did they have any water? Well, pour the water into the pots. As they poured the water into the pots, it turned into wine. It's amazing what God can do just by his words alone. And when we are obedient on his words, there's a promise in every blessing. He told that to Joshua by his word. He says, every foot you touch is yours. Because God has already prepared it for him. I want to understand is that we can walk on the promise of God knowing he said it is going to happen. Not because I said it, but because he said it. The psalm is is right now the way of God. His way of God is his character. And we say it all the time. God is good. And all the time. We know that to be good means that he does not do anything to hurt us or harm us. That kind of changes the perspective. That's why we say, I know he works out all things for those who love him and called according to his purpose. This helps me understand that no matter the lot I'm dealt with with life, no matter what I'm going through, my God is still a good God. And there's times that I do complain. There's times that I do murmur. There's times that I might fuss and cuss. But yet through it all, we find out that our God's love never fails. Some of y'all looking at me kind of funny. Trying to say, well, go back and look in the Bible. He was taking them, them hard-headed folks who kept on murmuring against God. And he said, how long will I put up with you? But great is my love. <laughs> great is my mercy. Great is my time. What I want to highlight here is that sometimes we want to be all high and mighty as if we never mess up. But that's how much God loves you. He knows you're going to fall. And since he knows you're going to fall, he has prepared a way for you to be right with him. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we will praise him. That's why I will not let somebody else outpraise me when I think about my God. I won't let the trees outdo me. I won't let the rocks outdo me because I still got breath. Matter of fact, he didn't die for the trees. He didn't die for the rock. He's going to make a new heaven and new earth, but he died for us. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So know that the Lord is good, that he is righteous. And and one way to know that he's good and righteous, I got to be in his word. We have good Sunday school lesson earlier this morning. We have times of Bible study every Wednesday. And we get in his word so we can be, the word could be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That we will be walked and guided by the word of God. And we are gifted with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that teaches all things and helps us. And that's when we get convicted because we know better, but we don't do better. The Holy Spirit says, you know what the word says. And then all of a sudden, now we come before our holy God and say, Lord, have mercy on me. But I know of his mercy because I've been in his word. I know that his perfect love casts out all fear. So there's no need for me to be afraid of my God. There's some people that serve God out of fear. 
and in the fear of being afraid of him, not in reverence of him. See, we, we don't want people to serve us because they are scared of us. You want people to serve us because they love us. But oftentimes you watch movies about authoritarian figures and they talk about I'd rather be feared than loved. And so what do they do? They, they threaten people. They punish people. They're punitive and everything that, that I'm so glad we don't serve a punitive God. God desires that we repent so that we don't be punished and service, be live eternally in hell. God desires that we repent and know his grace and his mercy. Why? Because he does not stay angry forever. How do I know that? It's in his word. Knowing what's in his word helps me to understand, as, as I mentioned earlier, when, when Moses was on the mountain, verse 7 of that same chapter, it says, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. When he says that to them, he's letting them know that this generation is not going to make it into the promised land. But the next generation will. God will, will not be mocked. You will suffer the punishment and the consequences of what you do wrong. But yet you won't be eternally damned by God. Because if you know the blessing of, of the power of the resurrection through Jesus Christ, for the way to sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so when we know the way, then we know the way. Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one gets to the Father, what? But through me. And to, to know the way, we know the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so he's bowing before the Lord and he's, he's worshiping God because of, of who he is and who he shows himself to be. I praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness for your promises are backed by all the by. By all the honor of your name. You know about this name? We, we, we question about what is the name. You see, in Philippians 2, it says that God gave him the name. That's above all other names. And, and when it's talking about the name, it's reference to not necessarily a name to be known that you put down as your ID of who you are. But a name to be known by a title and a title by authority. For example, if you know President Barack Obama, you know Barack Obama, but you know him as president. So his title now became his name, and he has authority and power. When you know the governor, you know the mayor. They just not somebody, but they somebody. Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. So when you know you are next to somebody that got a name, and you go next to Vice President Kamala Harris, you're not just next to a Kamala Harris. You're next to the Vice President. They got authority. They got power. You can't just approach her. They got secret service around her. You can't walk up like anywhere. Like, no, because of that name and that title. Before that name and the title, you might better approach her. And walk right on up to it. But now that he got this title, comes power and authority. What's the power and authority that comes with Jesus? Lord. That he is Lord. That he is exalted. He is above all others. And so that's why Revelation 19, 16 says, On his robe, at his, uh, at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. The Lord is exalted. How, how does this relate? Look, look closely to our text if you continue on. Uh, verse 3 says, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. All the kings. He is the king of kings. He is a lord of love. There's no king greater. Now, when it says he's the king of kings, 
if you, if you, when you look at that, right, it has a capital K and a lowercase k. Uh, the king that's above all other kings is the king with a capital K. All the other kings are little k's. Yes, they're, they're little people. They're not big enough. They're not bad enough. They're not strong enough. They're not good enough to be like the king. And so one day, they don't know now, they will cast their, th their crowns before him. <laughs> they will bow before him. How do I know? Because the Bible says so. That every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. <laughs> he is King of kings. He is host of hosts. He has all power in his hands. So when I think about how great my God is, that's another reason to thank him. That he is exalted above all other gods. And so when we look at this psalm again, let, let me read that as soon as I pray, you answer me, which means that, God, you always have to line up. You're never upset with me too much that you won't answer me. You won't respond to me. Matter of fact, I call on you, God, when I mess up. Y'all quiet on we, we don't call as God as often when things are going well. But as soon as trouble's going on, I need my prayer warriors. As soon as stuff is going through, I need you to pray with me. And here it is about why we know that we can pray and our times are a mess because God loved us out of our mess. We got to make sure that we stop going back. Come on, somebody. So when he is answering our prayer and giving us strength, you see that there in the text? Giving me strength. We gain strength from our prayer to know that he is king of all kings. And I'm going to the one that has all authority, who has all power. We like to say this, right? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds. Tomorrow, I don't have to worry about today when I can say, give me this day, my daily bread. And so when we understand that if God is able to provide for me, I don't need to worry about all these other things. Why am I stretched out and worrying about tomorrow when tomorrow I've got enough worries about? So I need to worry about how I want to trust him and surrender my life to him. And then I realize I can cast all my cares unto him, for he's the one who cares. So I don't need to be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with thanksgiving, I submit my prayer and supplication unto the Lord. So therefore, I'm removing my anxiety, I'm removing my worry, I'm removing my stresses, knowing that my God can handle it. That's why he's pointing out that it's out of my hands, but into your hands. As a matter of fact, God, you are exalted. You are every king in all the earth. Well, thank you, Lord, for all of them we hear of your words. Verse 5 says, yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways. For the glory of the Lord is very great. How great is our God, right? He's unmeasurable. He's insurmountable. He, he, he is he's inexhaustible how great our God is. For the Lord is exalted, yet he is, cares about the lowly. Y'all see that there in the text? Verse 6 right there. For the Lord is exalted. Yet he regards the lowly, but the heart he knows from afar. Another way we know is that God is close to the humble, but he opposes the proud. God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. God loves those who humble themselves before him. But those who are haughty, those who are proud, they are far from God. And the reason why they are far from God is not because God's not near them. They have moved themselves. You might know some prideful people. You know, they don't have time for you. So they let you know if they put a hand on no, no, stop, stop right there. Right? So they're far from me because you don't want them to get me. Uh-uh, I, I got it. I don't need you. I don't need you. But all of a sudden, when you need help, hey, can you come close? But here it is that God is always present for us to come to him. That's why Jesus taught that story about how it's easier for the camel. 
get to the eye of the leader, and therefore a rich man to get to the kingdoms of God. It's pointing out that a camel can fit through this, but a rich man will never humble himself and bow himself before. But yet, thank God that I have been humiliated. I don't know about you, don't speak for me. I've been humiliated. I thank God that he humbled me, that I found I can't make it without him. Because if I kept on thinking it was all about me, I would not be depending on the Lord. But if it had not been for the Lord, some, some of y'all still riding high on the donkey. You're going to be like Saul too. You're going to get knocked down. I'm glad that he knocked me down. Because when he knocked me down, I looked up and I saw where my help came from. And it helped me realize, Lord, I'd rather be with you than anywhere That's why Psalm 7 says, 30, I'm sorry, verse 7, Psalm 38 says this. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. This psalm is also suggesting that even though I praise you and I may be praising you from a distance because I'm not in Jerusalem, so I'm looking towards you, or maybe I'm in Jerusalem, but no matter where I am, God, troubles may follow me. But through it all, I know, God, you are able to defeat my enemy. Anybody glad that God can protect us? He's a keeper. That's why oftentimes you do that doxology in Jude, now unto him, who is able to keep you from falling and presents you with exceedingly glad. See, the one, the one, the one. And if you look in Jude, it says that he's been keeping you. He's been keeping you all this time. He's keeping you. And so I'm so glad that he's a keeper. It goes on and says, you reach out your hand and the power of your right hand. Y'all see that there? The power of your right hand saves me. Here's, here's the thing about this, that it's kind of a, a double use of the right hand and power here. Uh, God's right hand in the, in the biblical text oftentimes represents judgment. And so that is directed towards his enemies, though his oppositions. So when those are coming against him, that his right hand is against him, means they won't overcome because he's all powerful. But then also in our time that we need him, he is our right hand, which means he's our defender. He's our strength. He is our help. He is mighty to save. And so he's pointing out that no matter what you do, God's right hand is with me. Y'all catch that? His right hand. So it means this. His right hand is protecting me at the same time it's defending me. His right hand is holding me at the same time holding off my enemies. His right hand is lifting me up at the same time oppressing my enemies. I was at a few more witnesses here. That we are blessed by his unfailing love, his loving kindness, his faithfulness, and his mighty power. Even in the midst of trouble, God will revive you. He will keep us alive. He will stretch forth his hand against the wrath, and, give, and the, the, the enemies will face his wrath. But we will know his redemption. We will know his salvation. That's why we know the vengeance belongs to the Lord. That's why David was able to say, I'm not going to fight, but the Lord fights my battle. Anybody glad that God can fight our battles? Amen. So knowing that God can fight our battles, think about this. Think about this. That knowing that God can fight our battles, we already have victory. So why are we so stressed out? Why are we worrying about? Because we want other things instead of what God wants for us. How we can be more simplistic and realize that, God, let me just trust in you. When I realize that it's out of my control and that, God, you have all control. This is what the psalmist was writing out to us, pointing out that no matter what's going on, God, you will save me. So that's why he goes to this last verse in verse 8. Y'all with me? Yes, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. 
for your faithful love. O Lord, endures forever. Why, why is he convinced that God will continue to work it out for him? Because he knows I am loved by God. That's, that's what's implied there. Because he says, for your faithful love endures forever. What, what I would encourage you to understand is that I am not worried about what you're going to do because I know what he's going to do. And why do I know what he's going to do? Because I know he loves me. That, that's why that's the easiest biblical doctrine we teach our children. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, sir. <laughs> How do I know? Because the Bible. To, see, we teach our kids early doctrine. How do I know Jesus? It's in the Bible. So if you ever leave this class, you know, go find how he loves you. And then they learn John 3.16. Why is John 3.16 the most quoted verse? And everybody knows John 3.16. Matter of fact, they know it so well, they, re, they, they reuse it for other things. Name their favorite football player. They put their name up there and put 3.16. Because they know that that verse represents salvation. They know that verse represents victory. And so they're rooting for their favorite player. They'll give them that name in 316. They will misuse and misappropriate, knowing that there's only one name that can save. There's only one person that's undefeated. There's only one person that can win all things that if he is lifted up, everybody else will be exalted. That is Jesus. And so when I know that Jesus loves me, I, 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 I feel a little bit better. When I, when I know that Jesus loves me, I, I, I'm not worried about how you call me every name but a child of God. Because that Jesus loves me, I know my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm so glad he knows my name. How do I know he knows my name? Well, the Bible tells me that he knows his sheep. And he calls his sheep out by name. And they respond to his word because he is the good shepherd. That's why Paul writes in Philippians 1 and 6 and that, that being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until the completion of the day of Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound familiar to Psalm 38 and 8? The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Yes, yes. See, the Lord will work it out in our faith. The Lord will make sure that Everything he wants for us shall be completed. The Lord is not slack in what he is doing. For God has created us for his glory. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. Genesis made it very clear that when he made us, we are good. Tell your neighbor, I know I'm good. Because God is good and God don't make junk. I know we talk about other people, how they may look and what they may sound like and what they may talk about. But yet God made us and we are beautiful in his sight. The Lord is going to work out his plans for your life. So here's the thing. Notice what it says. His plans. Open up your Bible. Look right close. It says the Lord will work out his plans. Well, I want to highlight it's not your plans. It's not your mama's plans. It's not your daddy's plans. It's not your sister's plans. It's not your plans. But it's his plans for your life. God knows what's best for you. He always does what is good. And here's the thing that even though you disagree with God, it does not change that God is good. As I think about it here, I don't know about you, but if I look in the Bible, there's times I realize that, God, you took them um, a long way to get them to this point. Mm -hmm. 
Matter of fact, when they were walking in Israel, leaving, leaving, Israel's leaving Egypt to go to the promised land, God already knew that they weren't ready to go into the promised land. But in my eyes, I think about, man, we ready. We've been 40 years of slavery. Let's go ahead and get the promise. But God said they weren't ready. What I want to highlight to you is that you think you might be ready for the plan, but God knows you're not ready. And so let God work out his plan for your life because God knows when you're ready. If things might have came to you prematurely, you might have messed it all up. And then you would have been able to be where you are now because you messed it all up. But then when you wait on the Lord, you can find out he starts lining things up. And notice how he knows that, God, you're going to work it out because of your love. <laughs> your love endures forever. That's why he's come and says, don't abandon me. <laughs> For you made me. He's pointing out, say, God, you know I'm precious in your sight. Precious all your saints that die in your sight. I am your masterpiece. I am your prized possession because you're coming back to claim me. Yo, you know he's coming back again. And he's coming back for his prize position. Those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the Bible makes sure that you understand that you have been sealed. With, with, with a seal of redemption, that he's coming back to redeem you, whereas you have been gifted with the Holy Spirit. The Lord will not abandon his people. That's why we like to say, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the seed forsaken or, or begging for bread. When we understand that our God is always on time. I want to highlight a few verses here before we get done to show can you see Jesus in this text? Can you see Jesus in this text? Verse 2 says, I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are back by all the honor of your name. Jesus says, all the call of my name shall be Say, as soon as I pray, you answer me. I was at a few more people that followed on. Let me start over. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For you prom your promise are back for all the honor of your name. That's why I reminded you that Jesus says, all the call on my name shall be Say, as soon as I pray, you answer me. Somebody got it. As soon as I called on your name, you answered me. Soon as I said, Lord, I need you, you were right there. Some of y'all need a little bit more illustration. Let me help you out. Uh, when Peter got out the boat, he didn't need Jesus at first because Jesus told him, come. He said, I'm coming. He's walking on the walk. But when he took his eye off Jesus, he found out how much he needed Jesus. Because when his eyes went off Jesus, he started sinking. But as soon as he called his name, his right hand was right there. Now, y'all see the right hand of God? It says, your right hand saves me. Oh, oh, do you see Jesus right there? That he is the right hand of God that came to redeem us and save us. But you know where he is right now? On the right side of God. Over in glory. Because he has saved us. You see it right there? Your right hand saves me. I want you so it does not say past tense. It's present tense. Because he's still in the saving business. And so when we know that my God is a mighty help in a time of trouble. That my God is able to save me no matter what I'm 
going through. I will praise him. I will thank him. I will bless his holy name. And I don't care how you're going to look at me. If I want to run laps and tell my God is good, I'm going to run some laps and shout my God is good. If I got to shout from the rooftop to tell everybody how good my God is, I'm going to shout from the rooftop. I got to fall down on my face. We've been crying through the night saying, God, you are a good God. I'm going to fall on my face and we bow through the night saying, God, you are a good God. I don't know what you've been through, but I know what I've been through. Can I testify for a little bit that my God has brought me a mighty, mighty long way. Now, some of y'all know me. I ain't run the streets. I ain't run off, but yet I was on my way to hell. But when I found that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, Oh, my heart was shifted. My heart was changed to find out that God can love a child like me. My mind wasn't right, but he watched me, renewed me, revived me, helped me to think more like him. And the more I thought about him, the more I wanted to be in his work. And his word tells me his promises. They'll never leave me, nor forsake me. His word tells me the promise that in my father's house, his room with many men, I go to prepare a place for you. That when I come back, Oh, I'm so glad he's coming back again. That when I come back, you'll be with me. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. When I see Jesus, all my troubles are low. When I see Jesus, all my pain is gone. When I see Jesus, everything's going to be all right. When I see Jesus, I'm going to see my mom and my dad. When I see Jesus, we're going to be walking on the streets of gold. When I see Jesus. So I know the promise of the song, he won't abandon me, nor will he forsake me. For Lord, you made me. Here's the thing about how he made us, and he's going to make us new. Because in the twinkling of an eye, at the shout of the last trump, we all shall be changed. This, this mortality will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on the incorruption. I, I don't know what we'll be like, but we'll be like him. He has a capital H-I-M. Because H-I-M is talking about Jesus. And Jesus has the name as above every other name. That the, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess on heaven and earth and below that he is. He is Lord. So I'll Psalmist says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the God. Is that your testimony? I will give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. Let us pray. Father, with all my heart, we worship you. With all our heart, God, we adore you. With all our heart, Lord, we recognize that you are God alone. And there is none like you. Forgive us, God, for times we made it about something else. Forgive us the times, of oh God, that we've been distracted and took our eyes off you. But, Father, here we are in your presence, humbling ourselves before you. Oh, Father, God is further into your presence. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you, Lord, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they can confess right now and believe in their heart that you died on the cross for their sins, that you defeated death and rose again from the grave. Father, I pray right now that they're looking for a church that can disciple them and that they can be baptized and, and celebrate the communion of the saints, that designs that place, we welcome them here in this place. There might be someone listening wherever they are. Lord, I pray you guide them and lead them to a church where they can be discipled and grow in the admonition of the 
Now, Father, Lord, as we continue to worship you, we praise you and bless you, O God, and rule. Lord, add on to the church daily, such as should be saved. Father, have thine own way here in this place, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue on the words, if that was you today, you look, you're in the Lord minister to you, like, what must I do to be saved? Or you're wondering, what must I do to join this fellowship? Uh, we want to get a moment of time where everybody can march around and free, so you be able to march around and come on up, and you want to talk to the deacons or to the ministers up here, you, you're welcome to come forward and just say, hey, I'm looking to join this fellowship, or what must I do to be saved? And we'd be happy to share the joy of salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and for the celebration, the, the blessedness of baptism. Uh, as we prepare to give God his tithes and our offering, uh, let us pray. Mighty Father, Lord, we give back to you what already belongs to you. We thank you, God, that we cannot outgive you, but, Lord, you are a good giver. And, Father, we ask to bless the Lord who have desired to give, but yet have not. Our Father, we thank you that you supply our every need. Now, Father, bless what is given uh, for the building and the work of your church and for your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As this is... Uh, Junior Sunday, got Junior Ushers going to come and help us out. So follow the instructions of the Junior Ushers. Amen. If that's to you today, you're looking for a place of fellowship, we welcome you to come forward and talk to the deacons or to the ministers, and we'd be happy to share with you what much you do to be saved. May the Ushers come forward.
be to our God. We thank him. Amen. He's a burden bearer. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a few announcements recently to come. Uh, that we will uh, postpone Bible study uh, this Wednesday. Uh, so you are, uh, we won't be meeting this Wednesday, but we're looking to convene next Wednesday. So everybody enjoy uh, your turkey day uh, with your family and friends and those who are traveling, traveling, praying for your traveling grace and mercy. Uh, we are asking also uh, ministry submissions of your budget. Please submit those budgets in by uh, uh, the end of this month of November. Please you may email them, uh, submission to them to the church, and we be, so we can get that to our budget. Our ministry as we're reviewing for our budget and our workforce services for next year. Uh, the plans we want to continue to build services and community together. And part of that uh, process that we're going to look to continue to build on is starting to uh, this year and continue on next year more community service corporately coming together and so we want to share some service opportunities for our members that you can do 2023 Salvation Army volunteer opportunities are Wednesday November 29th from 12 to 4 is the sorting and stuffing of gift cards for Christmas food boxes and that'll be at the Salvation Army uh, and then also on Thursday December 14 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, there'll be toys to sort it. So you have two opportunities if you want to help out with the toy sorting. And then also the time for the family uh, meal event, uh, which would be on uh, December 15th. Yeah, 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 I mean, December 15th, and with the serve the dinners at 4 to 9 p.m. on Friday, December 15th. Then also they're having uh, another um, opportunity for families to attend on Monday, December 18th to, to toy shop, uh, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Northwoods Mall. And then also Tuesday, December 19th, and Wednesday, December 20th, as well. And so if you're interested in doing that, please um, contact um, Zion Baptist Church for the sign-up sheet information. This is also being helpfully led by the concerned African-American retirees uh, who are, are signing up to serve, and we want Zion to be able to join in with them to serve in that. And also we, uh, for next year, again, continue to service together, fellowship together. Uh, we're, having, we're back to doing our Sweetheart Gala, so we're looking to have the Sweetheart Gala. Uh, as uh, this next year, Saturday, February 10th, 2024. Tickets on sale now, uh, $70 per couple. Our uh, guest speaker will be Pastor Tyson Parks, uh, Bethel United Methodist Church, uh, will be with us that, uh, that day. Be, um, so you come on out and join us for the Sweetheart Game on Saturday, February 10th, 2024. Please reserve your tickets and get in contact with Zion and email us that for those. And so these are our announcements. And then I have one immediate announcement I'm asking for all trustees um, and deacons and ministers, if you can remain for a moment for a quick um, ad hoc meeting uh, for us so you can stay after. Uh, won't be before you long, but we stay after. We just need to get some business in order. So all trustees, uh, deacons and ministers, please remain after our meeting shortly right after worship. Uh, we'll, we'll meet and converse downstairs in the fellowship hall uh, and to conduct our meeting shortly. Amen. 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 May we stand and prepare for the doxology.
calling, present us with exceeding joy and glory to him, both power and dominion forever. All God should sing together. Thank you. 